Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is The Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. Follow me at the TheHoffWFan on Twitter. Uh, you could also check out the Rico Bronia podcast I do with Evan Roberts. Also, Monday through Friday, Tiki and Tierney, WFAN, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And occasionally I'll be uh, hopping on the airwaves some evenings, uh, some early mornings on the weekends as well. So haven't done one in a couple of weeks, locked up with baseball, whether it was playoffs for the kids or baseball with the Mets, and that just kind of hurt my soul in many different ways. But I'm back. Let's go. Couple of things I want to hit before we get into the uh, Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen, which is taking place this weekend, and the Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight, which is happening this weekend as well. UFC 280, Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira. It was very interesting to see how that was going to play out. We we knew that the the Makachev wrestling versus the Oliveira jiu-jitsu was going to come into play at some point in time. What we didn't realize is. Islam had hands, and really, the second round when he tagged Charles Oliveira, the end was was soon because the way he pounced and the way he submitted Charles Oliveira, which is just a something where you look at and go, "Holy crap, that's not what I expected." You you you've seen the reverse from Charles Oliveira. You've seen him get tagged, him get in predicaments, but find his way uh, to get out of it. People don't want to engage on the ground. When they do, usually it's a nighty night for them. Uh, but Islam jumped on him, pounced on him, and was able to submit. And that's just the skill set of of um, these type of Russian fighters, these Russian wrestlers. You know, Islam Makachev with Khabib Nurmagomedov in his corner, that's what they do. Dagestani style is legitimate. And uh, Islam was able to take advantage of Charles Oliveira. And it's, it's interesting that the setup after that fight was over was for Alexander Volkanovsky, for him to come into the cage and him to basically square up and say, okay, this, I got next, while Charles Oliveira is basically begging and pleading for a rematch, which is crazy to me because Oliveira, if you look at his record, look at how hard he worked to get to that point in time to get a title fight, to then you know, beat up, and not just beat up, but, but be victorious and defend his belt, and now the moment he loses it, it's like, okay, you're gonna you're, you're maybe a challenger again soon, maybe a contender in the future, but nope, we're gonna give Volkanovsky a chance to to be a champ champ. It it's very interesting because and it's not and no offense to Volkanovsky, because he is a dominant force in that featherweight division, but he's not on that Connor McGregor level. He's not on that John Jones level, the, the Daniel Cormier level. At least in my opinion, he's not on that level. I mean, even the Cejudo, I, I don't know if if um Cejudo was on the level, but the names I'm talking about for champ champ status, 
I, I'm just surprised that, that that that's the step they'd go with the the lightweight division, especially considering the lightweight division is so stacked. Like there's so many guys in there. Unless Volkanovski is going to say, I don't want to do featherweight anymore. I'm kind of done with featherweight. I do want to just go commit myself to lightweight, and that that opens up a whole new can of worms in the uh, featherweight division. But I don't think that's the case. I think the, I think he's going to go both sides. Um, so it just it just kind of holds up the featherweight division again, and now it's going to hold up the lightweight division again. And meanwhile, Charles Oliveira. Now, whether or not Charles Oliveira or Volkanovski had that first shot at the at Islam for that for to get the title, you know, for for Charles to regain the title and Volkanovski to go for championship status. Regardless, it's still going to be somewhat hung up there. But now it's like if Volkanovski loses. Then does Charles Oliveira get the next shot? If Oliveira, you know, if Oliveira lost, they were going to put up Volkanovski again because that's a champ champ. You know, it's just, it's just, I don't know why you want to hang it up. There's so many guys over there. I want to see Islam face the best of the best. And not saying that Volkanovski's not, but the lightweight division has so many tests in that division. I'm surprised it's the way they want to go. Then you got Aljo, Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. Unfortunate with Dillashaw with the, the shoulder kept on popping out. It was one of those things where you just knew that was going to end as soon as the fight started. And the ref knew it. I mean, you heard the conversation beforehand uh, or, or actually in the middle of uh, after the first round where he goes, hey, I want to see that, that shoulder pop back in because we talked about this backstage, that this has been happening. So clearly they were aware of it and it, and it didn't work out in Dillashaw's favor. And Aljo just stampeded over him and then rightfully so he should have and now that goes to what, what's what's next in line for Aljo um there are some interesting matchups but Dillashaw is not it you know I thought Dillashaw was really going to put up a, it was an interesting fight to see from Dillashaw I want to see that take place and now that's not going to happen um does Sean O'Malley get the title fight nah, it doesn't sound like he's going to he Won a very interesting fight versus Peter Yan, which was honestly one of the most entertaining fights on the card. Went back and forth. Both O'Malley and Yan landed some really sick shots. Um, you thought O'Malley had a had a moment where he was gonna, you know, finish Yan, but then vice versa. It was really good back and forth. And it could the fight could have gone out of the way. I'm not gonna complain about O'Malley winning the fight at all. And I'm also not compl- gonna complain that Yan lost the fight. It was it was a close fight. It was a fun fight. That was, um, yeah, listen, good card overall. Prelims were pretty solid, too. Uh, the Bilal Muhammad, Sean Brady was outrageous. I mean, you talk about, un- not saying unexpected, but I I thought that, that Brady, Muhammad would see the, the ground a little bit here and there, but they strike, they, they decided to strike with each other, and Khabib was relentless with this. Bilal Muhammad told him, you have to, just pounce on him. He's going to tire out. And we talk about it a lot in sports in general. You know, just, you know, when you travel a long distance, eventually things catch up on you, whether it's t- sl- the lack of sleep, uh, tra- just travel in general. It does catch up. And the fact that, you know, the, the hours were all screwed up, Khabib was right. Brady was not prepped for that. Uh, not taking anything away from Bilal at all, but Bilal was just able to pepper him and land a lot of shots, and Brady just didn't know how to control it, and he eventually got uh, TKO'd. But a really good... I mean, Bilal, you could put his name on it for sure now. 
can be up there for a title shot with Leon Edwards, which would be very interesting because not interesting, but but is very. It would make the most sense for Bilal because they they had that that one fight with Leon Edwards. Fight got ended early with the eye poke, and it would be fitting for Bilal to get his title fight versus Leon Edwards because that's the one fight he needs back because it wasn't fair, and it would make sense. And we've seen more random things happen for title fights. So give Bilal Muhammad a title fight out of that. I, that was a great performance. Now, I understand Sean Brady wasn't a top contender in the welterweight division, but Bilal Muhammad's been around for a while. Same thing that Leon Edwards has been around for a while. Now, unless you're going to tell me Jorge Maswell is getting a uh, title sh- shot versus Leon Edwards, which I think some people would be very upset about, but that's the only other storyline versus Leon Edwards that makes a ton of sense unless Camaro gets another you know, title fight, gets a fa- chance to, you know, uh, rebound off of his losing his uh, his belt. Those are the three, and that's why I'm saying the same thing with with um, with Charles Oliveira should be able to go for his belt again. If they're not, should it really be Volkanovski? You telling me that you know maybe? And again, we've seen similar things. If if you think that Islam Makachev is a reincarnation of Khabib Nurmagomedov. Then we have seen this before, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't see it again. So you got the Justin Gaethje's, the Dustin Poirier's of the world, the Michael Chandler's of the world. You know, clearly there's a fight coming up on November 13th that we're going to see a couple of those fires there. But maybe one of those guys can get an opportunity at a, a title fight for the lightweight division. All right. That being said, let's get to really quickly the boxing going on this weekend. So I'm not really amped about this fight. A lot of people say this is the real a real test for Jake Paul. Again, no matter how much I love MMA, no matter how much I love Anderson Silva, no matter how much I love Uriah Hall, there's something that's making me feel off about these fights. I mean, you know, first of all, Silva now it's retracted a little. You know, re, he took some of the comments back a little bit. Said that he didn't get knocked out, but he did get knocked down couple times in uh, in his sparring sessions. You Jake Paul's a bigger guy. Now, Anderson Silva's clearly more talented in the MMA world and in kickboxing world for sure, but that's not what they're doing. They're just doing straight-up boxing. Uh, Anderson Silva was never really known for his hands. For his, his, He was fast for sure, but his power in his hands were different. Jake Paul is a strong fighter, striker, we've seen it. You know, the way he's KO'd Tyrone Woodley and, and Nate Robinson. And Ben Askren, I'm not saying that, oh, well, these were the toughest opponents, but the fact is, when he does touch people, they do go down. That is something that you have to recognize. I might not like it. I might hate every second of it, but that's just the truth. That is a statement that I've seen with my own eyes. He's landed enough knockout punches that if he touches Silva, who's 47 years old, that's a possibility. Now, can he touch Anderson Silva? Is that a possibility? I would say that out of all the fighters, his defense is probably the, one of the most, uh, one of the best Anderson Silva, but we've seen it even in MMA. Chris Weidman was able to touch him up too, and then he's got went downhill from there. The benefit for Silva is that he is he was so elusive 
But at 47 years old, how elusive will he be? He doesn't have the striking skill with his fist as he does with his knees, with his feet. You know, Anderson Silva, when you cut him down to just two weapons, it's not the same Anderson Silva that the MMA world is used to. So I don't I don't want to sit here and say, oh, this is uh, Jake Paul all day, but I'm kind of over the MMA trained fighter versus boxing only fighter and uh, and try to give the edge to the MMA fighter because I just we've seen it fail so many times again. I'm kind of tired of it. I'm disappointed by it. That being said, uh, I would I would like to see Anderson Silva win. But if he doesn't, here's the 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 bet, the wager that they had, which I thought was pretty cool and fun. All right, so here's the thing. Jake Paul loses. He said he would take on Anderson Silva in a kickboxing match. Now, I don't see that happening, honestly, because then you really, that's when, when you start adding more weapons to Anderson Silva, that's when he becomes more dangerous. And I don't think Jake Paul's ready for that. Even if Jake Paul's the bigger of the two, I'm just not going to be in Jake Paul's favor. That's not happening. What? Now, for this, I'm kind of okay with it. If Jake Paul wins, he wants Anderson Silva to head up to be the face of the UFC union that he wants to put together for UFC fighters. It's interesting. I don't know if it's going to actually happen, but I'm interested to see what they, how that is approached. I know Jake Paul's been talking about it for a while. I've heard guys like, you know, you heard about Shane Burgos go to PFL, right? Shane Burgos has made it known that the UFC was not, even though Dana White went on record saying we should have not lost Shane Burgos. Shane Burgos should have been kept. We we failed. But Shane Burgos said was never going to happen because in order for them to have given Shane Burgos the contract that he got with the PFL, that means they would have to pay a ton of other fighters similar pay, and that just was never going to happen. So while it was a great idea, it just it just wasn't likely. If there's a UFC union, would that change things? How much would it change things? Would it would it, would you see a lot more fighters get cut? Would you see the contender series get cut? Would you see bigger names get cut and then the younger guys, you know, be more? Because I'm sure there's going to have to be like you know tenured after if you X amount of fights, X amount of years in the company, you have to make X amount of money, and at some point in time, you know, you do have to take both sides of it. Just because you want to see the fighters get quote-unquote paid. And that's a quote-unquote because I hear so much mixed messages from both sides. There's some fighters that like, dude, I don't get paid dick. It just doesn't happen. I need more money. You know, the advertisers aren't enough. To add, add, you know, they take so much because um, there's so the, 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 it's, it's limited on what I could do advertising-wise when I get in the UFC. But then you hear other guys that, oh, no, they take care of us. They take care of us real well. You know, the people that complain are the people that don't know what to do with money or they don't fight enough or whatever. There's, there's injuries. There's training costs. There's a ton of things that go into fighting that you and I may not ever really know that go day, on a day-to-day basis. But I do know this. You can't just half-ass fighting. 
You have to be committed. And there are expenses to train. And I don't think the UFC is covering all those costs. Um, injuries, I don't think the, the UFC is covering all those injuries at all times. So there is a lot of out-of-pocket stuff. And if they're not making a ton of money back after a fight's over, it's basically a loss for these fighters. And if they only fight once, maybe twice a year, that's really not a good salary to fight off of, to work off of. It just It's almost impossible. No matter how young and hungry you are, it's almost impossible. So there's a lot of other things that they have to do. Some people are willing to do it. Some people aren't. Some people are willing to get advertising or, or try to work hard to get those advertisers. Other people, they just they don't have the the clout, the name to get the money. I mean, listen, it it there's all different levels. As as um, Corey Anderson said once, there's levels to this, and that's what it comes down to. So I can't knock the fighters that say that they don't get paid enough in the UFC. I can't knock the fighters that say. The UFC does. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Right by everybody or does right by them. And they can't understand how these fighters don't understand that. Um, but I also respect the fact that people that do want to try to build a union out of it. But I also respect that the UFC is a business. And they're going to try to make money. Uh, I think that we all, anybody listening to this podcast is involved in something that there's big business behind them in one way. Even if they're independent, whatever, there's still somebody that that pays bills, that are that are always trying to win-up other people, that are always trying to, you know, it's one of those things where you can say that you want to see a successful product and you want to see everyone have a, a taste of it, a proper taste, an equal taste. It's impossible. It just really is. 
So I wish the best for everybody. I hope it all. I hope that something. I hope that something productive comes out of it. I can't say it's gonna be perfect, but hopefully something productive. That's what I really hope for. Um, as far as Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell and Uriah Hall go, I hope that Hall has something left in the tank. I would hate to see him go out in any bad fashion. You saw the quotes of him saying that he was you know, almost like suicidal after his last UFC loss, and that's scary. You don't you don't want Uriah Hall. First of all, you want Uriah Hall to get paid enough money to to feel like he doesn't need this fight to be that desperate. That this is not a desperation fight. It's a money fight. You hope it, he's getting paid enough off of that. And you hope that if somehow stupidly Le'Veon Bell, and I, I say stupidly because Le'Veon Bell versus Uriah Hall, you'd think that the skilled fighter, someone who has always committed themselves to fighting, should win this fight. Well, that that's not always the case with how these things work out. And Le'Veon Bell's looking to take off a head or two. And if he does touch up Uriah Hall, you hope that Uriah Hall has enough gumption, enough, you know, people that surround him that that can keep him positive, um, that he can walk away financially secure and not worry about the decision here. I really I really hope that's the case. That that that's all I care about with Uriah Hall and Le'Veon Bell. Now as far as the UFC fights go, it's actually this is actually another very sneaky card here. Okay. Go through it. Cody Durden's on it versus Carlos Moda. You got Christian Rodriguez, Joshua Weems. Chase Hooper, the youngster, uh, is on this card versus Steve Garcia. Joseph Holmes versus Park John Young. Nice fight. Andre Arlovsky versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Nice fight. I always love seeing Andre Arlovsky, even though he's, you know, he's getting up there in age. Still love seeing him fight. It's always interesting, always fun. You never know what's going to happen. De Lima's a good fighter, too. Rodrigo de Lima. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Phil Hall, and listen, Arlovsky has figured himself out enough that he's able to outpoint, and that's how he gets victories. You're not looking to knock out. You're not looking for much. Look, look, looking to outpoint. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Phil Hall's versus Roman Delize is pretty, really badass fight. You have Dustin Jacoby versus Khalil Roundtree. I hate this fight because I love it so much. I love Jacoby. I love Roundtree. We've seen Jacoby go through issues in the cage. Uh, and still win fights. We've seen Roundtree, his dominance, um, and then other days that he's just kind of he's been dominated. So we'll see what type of Khalil Roundtree we we get. I, I hope for at the end of the day in that fight. It's one of those fights where I love so much because I love both fighters. I love how they're I love their styles. They're both exciting fighters. I hope at the end of the day they both can walk out of that cage with no, that they lost nothing. That either it's a really entertaining fight, and if there's some sort of knockout or some sort of KO, they both can be like, well, you know, we gave it our all, and it doesn't cost us anything for that fight. That was a really difficult fight. They're both really good fighters. And that's a lot of times how I feel like I want these fights to go. I, I don't want there to be like, oh, this guy's career's over. He just got his ass handed to him. You know, obviously, we, you know, we're, we'll get into UFC 281 in a second, like when Frank Edgar is going to call him quit soon. Those type of fights I understand, like, you know, at some point in time, you do have to hang them up, but that's not the case with Roundtree or Jacoby, and you don't want their trajectory to, to, to end. You don't want their rankings to stop. You don't want them to, to, to stop the climb. I want both fighters to be successful. This is a badass fight. It's a, it's a tough one uh, for both of them to be going up against each other, and, you know, you just... The light heavyweight division is not what it once was. It doesn't have uh, John Jones in it at the moment either, 
So there's it's pretty open. I could see both of these fighters quickly, you know, after this fight, hop through the rankings and 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 find a nice cushy spot up top. But you don't want the other person to go uh, fall down either because I could feel I could see it's a spot for both of them on the tops of the uh, light heavyweight division. You have Trish and Gore versus Josh Fram. Gore, remember, was uh, on the contender. Was he contender series or no? He was uh, Ultimate Fighter. Um, then you got Waldo Cortez Acosta, Jared Vandera. Vandera, last time we saw him, who did he lose to? He lost to Chase Sherman, which that was actually a shocker. He's lost two fights in a row now, Vandera. He lost the submission to Ol- Olenek, and then he lost the uh, the TKO to Sherman, which Sher- Chase Sherman hasn't won a fight forever. So that was kind of a shock. But it was it was a good fight between the two of them. Then the, you got the top two fights. You got the co-main event with Tim Means and Max Griffin. Dirty Bird Tim Means always puts on a good fight. Max Griffin as well has, has put on some really phenomenal performances lately. Uh, that welterweight division is, again, like we talked about earlier, very interesting division. It's not going to put him too far up in the rankings as far as, uh, you know, title fight at all, but just a good, really good co-main event for this card, which is a pretty underrated card in my eyes. You got two solid fighters. And, we'll, you know, sometimes Tim Means shows up, sometimes he doesn't. Same thing with Max Griffin. Sometimes he has his day, sometimes he doesn't. It's easy to say, you know, it's easy to just say that, but they're both very interesting as far as what they can do in the cage. You know, Max Griffin's coming off a loss over Neil Magny, which kind of shocked me because Magny sometimes, too, doesn't put up um, a complete fight, but he was able to do it versus Max Griffin. Where Meanwhile, Griffin was coming off, his last loss was off off of um, the Brazilian cowboy Alex Oliveira back in 2020. He had three fights in a row that he won, and then he lost to Neil Magny. So he need nice little rebound fight versus Tim Means. We'll see how it goes. Means on the other hand can you know he's the tall of the two. He's got the more reach. He lost to Kevin Holland. Uh, beat Nicholas Dalby in twenty twenty one. Beat Mike Perry like that. Like so, he can go. He lost to Dan Rodriguez. It's a it's a very interesting fight. He goes back and forth. Sometimes he's just so dominant. Sometimes he beats it. it and Mike Perry has has lost to both of these two fighters. So it's gonna be it'll be interesting to see how they match up versus each other. Um, and then obviously the main event: Calvin Cater versus Arnold Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen, the younger of the two, eighteen and one, came off a victory over um, Dan Hooker. Came off a victory over Sadiq Yusuf. His loss came from... Where did he lose? It was 20. He hasn't lost in the UFC at all. So it hasn't hasn't taken place in the UFC. 18-1, I'm not even sure when it was, but it was before the UFC, that's for sure. Um, And then you got Calvin Cater, who... He has been in some really big fights. So he's headlining another one. You know, this is now... Is it three or four main events in a row? This is five main events in a row. You think about this. So it goes back to 2020. Okay. He beat Jeremy Stevens in a, in a featherweight event, UFC 249, right? He wins the decision over Dan Ige, UFC Fight Night 172, July 15, 2020. Then is a main event. That, that was a main event. Now he, then he's a main event. So this is now a second main event versus Max Holloway. Amazing fight. Max Holloway clearly outbattled Calvin Cater, Qatar, but it was just a, a, a crazy first 
fight of the year 2021. Hall Holloway, uh, Calvin Cater, second main event in a row for Cater. Took some time to recover. It took him almost a full. It took him basically a full year. Then gets another main event versus Giga Giga uh, Jukazi. Excuse me, Giga Jukazi, and like just cleaned up on on Jukazi. Like you see what he how he looked versus Holloway, and how it seemed like he was not never in that fight, and he needed you know the. Uh, not that he wasn't in the fight, but Holloway really was the better. The two showed his level of not even experience, but just showed the the difference, the levels to this as we talk about at times. And then you see him versus Chikaze and basically did the same thing. Um, then a few months later, uh, about five months later, six months later, versus Josh Emmett, it's Cater again. Emmett in a featherweight main event. Emmett gets the best of those two. Uh, good fight overall. I forgot the how close it was on the decision, um, but it what did go Emmett's way. The strikes were very crazy. They were actually wow. Emmett, how did Emmett win that? He went over four on takedowns. I'm trying to remember how how bad it was, how dominant it was because total strikes, and significant strikes. If you think about it, like Cater landed 34 percent of his strikes. And Emmett landed thirty two percent. How did he win that? I, there must have been a couple of rounds that I, I that, that he maybe must have dominated um, that I'm missing out on. And now here's the fifth main event of the row versus Arnold Allen, who is going to be a tough opponent. But Cater's been there before. This is five main events in a row for him, and it should be a fun night of fights. Uh, I was talking about just other things that are taking place next week. You got the Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Limos fight. That's November 5th. Neil Magny's on that card. Daniel Rodriguez is on that card. I love Daniel Rodriguez, so definitely always got to check him out whenever he fights. I'm telling you right now, that guy has got – he's not – he's grinding. He's not someone that's going to get a title fight tomorrow, but he's just going to keep on grinding. He's always someone to, to check out and watch. And then you got UFC 281. Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. That that's gonna be a sick fight. Again, Pereira has knocked out Adesanya twice in kickboxing, so this is where this is where we'll see what type of Pereira shows up and if is he actually is human. You got Carlos Bars or Wally Wally Zhang, Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. I hope they don't move that down to the the first the the main card because last time we saw Chandler and Justin Gates, you go at it. It took the room the the air out of the room because it was such an amazing fight. And then you had Shane Burgos and Billy Quarantillo, and it kind of like took away from that fight. P fans didn't appreciate that fight as much. So, so Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler could be a, a main event to any card. Just don't make it number one on the on the main. Don't 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 make it the first fight of the main card. Give us some time. Let the let that build up. Uh, you got uh, Frankie Edgar, Chris Gutierrez. Um, good fight for for both fighters. Frankie going out. On a shield, Chris Gutierrez. It's you know, Gutierrez is someone who's 31 years old. He could definitely win this fight, uh, but he won't. If anything, will not. And you don't want to see Frankie Edgar get knocked out anymore. You don't want to see it. Gutierrez can do it. Can can definitely KO him, but it's not going to be a Brian Ortega. It's not going to be a Cheeto Vera. Those two guys were on different levels than Frankie Edgar, Edgar was. So let's see if Frankie goes out. He'll go out on a shield. But it won't be as dismantling as it as it has been in the past. 
Um, but a nice way to see Frankie Edgar go off. And then you also got uh, Dan Hooker versus Claudio Puelos. Good fight. Good fight. Uh, some other fights on that, too. Uh, Renato Meccano's on it. Brad Riddell. Dominic Reyes, Ryan Spann. Blanchfield McCain, uh, Molly McCann is on there. That's a good fight. Well, in the tournament, I like him. He's versus Andre Petrowski. I know Terman's not, not getting a lot of love, but he's actually a good fighter, entertaining. Matt Fravola versus Ottman uh, Azatar, who Ottman was supposed to fight him. Uh, which UFC was it? And Abu Dhabi, but then got caught with the sack of potatoes or whatever else was in there. So now they've rescheduled for that. So Fravola, the local guy, is going up against uh, Azatar for that little rematch. Carol, Carolina Kovalkiewicz, Silvana Gomez Suarez, Mike. Trezano, Choi Sing Wu, Julio Arce, another local guy, so is Trezano, versus Montel Jackson, and Carlos Olberg versus Nikali Nigamerna. I totally screwed that name up, but so be it. Um, and then there's, listen, then you got, then a couple weeks later, you got Lewis, uh, though the next week you got Lewis versus Spivak. You got Stephen Thompson versus Kevin Holland, December 3rd. You got UFC 282, Yuri Prashaka versus Glover to share the rematch. There's rumors that John Jones is really pushing hard for Stipe Miocic. I would love to see that fight. That's That's got to be the fight. I don't understand why, if it's not December, why it would have to, why John Jones' return would have to be towards March. Is it because they're setting up the Nganu versus John Jones? Honestly, I think Stipe deserves a title shot again. I think he deserves... I'll fight again for crying out loud. I'm not sure if what's the holdup with Stipe and John. John's saying that he's pushing hard for it and Stipe is not. I'm not sure if Stipe, maybe there's an injury that Stipe's got to recover from. Maybe he just wants the title fight with Francis over John Jones. I would like to see John Jones, Stipe. I think that's awesome. That would be sick. John Jones needs a fight in the heavyweight division before he goes up against a Francis Ngano, against a Cyril Gan versus, you know, someone like that. I think Stipe would be a perfect fight for him. If not, one of those two against Francis Ngannou, I guess. I guess that's what it sounds like that that that's gonna happen, or that's what they're trying to do. And John Jones versus versus Francis out of the gate sounds crazy to me. Ah, uh, you got Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland, who's trying to rebound off of that Alex Pereira knockout, and and um, yeah. So that I think is that the last fight. That's December seventeenth. That might be the last fight of the year. So. Got a few good cards. I think there's going to be some rumors or something's going to happen with the uh, UFC 281. Again, that's at MSG. So we'll get into that. Uh, if any news comes of any sort of giveaway or something like that, I don't know. We'll find out. I'll let you guys know. And also, the PFL is coming to town the day after Thanksgiving. So that's Black Friday. They're, they're at the Hulu Theater. And um, should be a sick event. Shane Burgos is going to be on there. Marlon Murray is going to be on there. Uh, Kayla, Kayla's going to be on there. I think Clarissa Shield's going to be on there. There's a lot of good fights. We'll get to that more, and maybe we'll have some sort of involvement in that as well. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll try to do this more consistently again now. The baseball is basically over for me with the kids, and then the Mets are now out, so going to have more time to talk about MMA, which I've missed out on. So let's get back into it. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for following. This is the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 